This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jackie Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7. As I can see, we're joined by Daily Progress's Greg Medea. Greg, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, yeah, happy to do it, Jackie. Spring football underway, so uh, pl- plenty to talk about. Yeah, and we're almost at the halfway point, just about. So we've seen a couple of these guys practice already. We've talked to most of the coaches about now. I think the only ones we haven't spoken to has been Taylor Lamb, the quarterback coach, but we even talked to defensive line coach Terry Heffernan before spring. So what has been your biggest takeaway so far? I think to, to go to the obvious storyline, it's, it's seeing Mike Hollins back at practice. I think that's just incredible, right? Miraculous, however you want to term it. It's it's incredible uh, to think uh, that that young man, go, having gone through what he's gone through, uh, is back on the practice field and, and not just standing around, right? <laughs> Going through drills, being part of the team. He's atop the depth chart at running back, a deep backfield uh, for running backs coach Keith Gaither. Uh, Gaither said that, that he's been so inspired by uh, the way Hollins has returned. He said he noticed it during one of the mat drills early in winter workouts uh, that Hollins was not only back, but but back to, to performing where he was uh, before uh, suffering the, the gunshot wound uh, and then the November shootings that, that killed th- three of his teammates. And because uh, he, he played well in that, that last couple of weeks of the season. Uh, you think back at the long catch against Miami, ran the ball pretty well against Carolina, played in the pit game, uh, and, and he kind of picked up where he left off. And, and that backfield's deep. I think that's the other thing with the offense that, that you look at is you, you take and you, you think about how they wanted to run the football last year. It didn't really pan out. Uh, they were kind of running back by committee last year. And maybe this year they're more suited to do that. Uh, with the addition of of Kobe Pace from Clemson, uh, more of a big play threat than they've had in the past. Xavier Brown, another year in the system, uh, showed some flashes last season as a freshman. Holland's back, as as I talked about. 
Uh, and then you, you look at Cody Brown maybe getting back in the mix of things after not really playing much at all uh, after transferring from Miami. Uh, and then the, the, the older guy, Paris Jones, is back too. Yeah, you know, that's a very deep running back room. And yeah, Mike Collins was just an impressive young man. We spoke to him, what was it, last week? And yeah. he was so open about his experience, about his thought process of just what he went through both physically and emotionally. And what got me was all the times he kept saying that he knew he was going to play football. He just, it, the hardest part was knowing that he couldn't change what happened. And there, the things that he couldn't change was what made his recovery a little longer. And he's still obviously going through that right now, but just a remarkable young man and, and just letting us get a glimpse of what he's been going through. So um, but yeah, that running back room is certainly packed. You know, you mentioned Cody Brown and Coach Gaither last season said he didn't, he needs to work on his conditioning. And he certainly has something that he's worked on now. We've seen that a little bit in practice. But obviously, when you talk about the running back room, you have to talk about the offensive line room. And that's been the biggest thing that we've been eyeing. Obviously, we don't have Noah Josie there. He's been dealing with his back injury. He had surgery after the season, so he's not participating in spring. But Uganda Nana, until this past Tuesday when he was wearing a green jersey and he was limited, he's been rolling out in the firsts. So what do you what's your conference level on the O-line so far, Greg? It's interesting because not not only do they have to improve for, from what they what they were last year, that group has to uh, adjust with a new offensive line coach. And and talking with, with Terry Heffernan before spring practices begin. Uh, he, he he was he had a great line. I thought that like nobody cares if if you're young, nobody cares uh, if if you don't have experience. You've still got to perform. So I think it's interesting that that he knows that coming in, and and also that the fact that I think maybe he's a little more suited to do what Virginia wants to do on offense in the right way, uh, and, and and the the most efficient way to block it. Right, he comes from an NFL background, uh, time with the Bills, time with the Lions. Uh, over at Stanford with with David Shaw, which you know is more pro style and more what you think of uh, that would be similar to what Tony Elliott and Des Kitchings want to do offensively. So I'm starting to wonder if if maybe that's 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 going to mesh and maybe that'll work a little bit better. Now you still got to grow those young offensive linemen up, but but maybe from a coaching standpoint, that's more suited to work uh, than than the past with Garrett Touje, where where he was coming off the air raid system, having to learn what. Tony and Des want to do uh, not not saying that Touche wasn't great, right? He built great offensive lines at, at Virginia before departing uh, and and before this past season. But maybe Heffernan, because of what Tony and Des's backgrounds are, uh, is, is better suited for it. So I think that's interesting. I think even Xavier Brown said he he's noticed the difference in the way the offensive line is blocking uh, for for in front of him, and I think that's that's a positive sign. Now you got to go out and do it on, on Saturdays in the fall and. I think that that'll be the biggest proving ground. Uh, but until then, you want to see the progress. You want to hear about the progress uh, that group can make uh, under under Heffernan in, in year one with him. Yeah, and we'll be talking to Heffernan and the linemen on Monday next week. So we'll see his assessment of his group. But what I've noticed that at Pro Day, he was really comfortable with the NFL Pro Scouts. Obviously, he probably knows a lot of them. Yeah. And when you talk to recruits, those three little letters, NFL, is going to resonate with them. And it did resonate with one. They were able to pack up a grad transfer in Brian Stevens, the D Dayton offensive guard, who was ranked one of the best offensive guards, according to PFF, on uh, NFCS. So they already got one lineman. I imagine they're going to try to recruit at least two more in the transfer portal. 
But one thing they did do in a transfer portal in the offseason was add Tony Musket. So now we're keeping an eye on him and Jay Wolfick. And you also are really close to the baseball program. You're covering them pretty extensively. So what do you think of this balance? You know, when I saw Tony Musket in the last Prasket, I mean, he has an arm. It was quite a cannon and arm. First touchdown out of scrimmage. It was a touchdown pass to Malik Washington. What's your take on this quarterback battle? Yeah, it's 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 fascinating. It's it's not the the conventional quarterback battle, right? You got two guys with with two very different backgrounds. Musket making the jump from the FCS level at Monmouth, and then Jay Wolfolk, who is balancing baseball and football, and not just balancing baseball and football, balancing being the top relief option for the Cavaliers baseball program, which is up to number five nationally. They're 23 and two after beating old dominion on Tuesday uh, and vying for the top quarterback job on the football side. So it really is a, a tremendous balancing act he's trying to do. And, and talking with some of the baseball folks and hearing what Tony Elliott also has to say about it on the football side, you can tell how the two staffs, I think this is the most fascinating part of all of it are collaborating and working together in order to help Wolfolk and allow him to pursue, uh, you know, his, his dreams basically of of doing both at a high level. The baseball folks need him. Uh, there, there's no doubt about it. Uh, he, like I said, he's their best bullpen option since 95 mile an hour plus with his fastball can get it up to 98, uh, and and he he's really good. Last year he struck out Kevin Parado, who was a first round draft choice out of Georgia Tech uh, for the New York Mets. Uh, when the, the two teams played in Charlottesville uh, this year, he's, he's he might be better uh, than he was last year, Wolf Folk. So it's it, it's tough, but uh, what what they're doing is in on the football side is making the throws that he has during football practice, and his football practice availability depends on what baseball needs. Uh, they're they're making the most of his football throws. Like Tony Elliott had said last week on Tuesday and Thursday, he was he was at about forty throws in those practices. Uh, but all those throws were in competitive drills, right? Competitive situations. Uh, that's probably what the team setting seven on seven. If you think about how practices are structured, so they're trying to get the most evaluating circumstance that they can have uh, with, with Wolfolk on a football side to give him a fair shot uh, against Tony Musket, who has played a ton. All right. in his career was an all, all uh, big South choice a couple of times at Mammoth before Mammoth transitioned into the CAA. Uh, so this is the second straight season. I guess Musket is making a little bit of a jump, right? The CAA is one of the better leagues in the FCS level. Uh, the Big South probably a couple of ticks down from that. So he had to make that jump last year. Uh, now he's making the jump to the FBS level in the ACC, which is another jump. Yeah, and just so people understand the balancing act that Wolfick and Tony Elliott and Brian Connor are doing here is on Tuesday's practice, he was watching as anti-Calendria worked with the second team reps. So there's sometimes where he can't participate. Sometimes even in during some of these warm-up throws, he's just doing right. the hand motion rather than throwing the ball. So that's that's what they're trying to navigate. Um it's definitely a unique situation. So and we're gonna move away from the offense here, Greg, because we talked about some of the key storylines on the offense. On defense, I think it's the secondary and at linebacker, that's that's what we're looking at, especially at corner. They're thin a little bit at corner with obviously Anthony Johnson gone to the NFL and Ventro Stripers going to Florida State. And obviously at linebacker, they're missing Nick Jackson. So they're looking for those leaders. And I mean, when you think of leaders, you think of Nick Jackson, just the way he led that team last year and the vocal personality 
that was and still is Anthony Johnson, who is still at practices, by the way. He's still there pretty vocal. What have you what has been your impression on that side of the ball? And who do you feel like is the guys for us to watch as this spring practice goes on and we look towards to the spring game? Yeah, Jackie. It's I, I think that part, the leadership aspect is fascinating because when you ask defensive players, are you worried about having to replace AJ and Nick? Are you worried about having enough defensive uh, leaders uh, to, to make to make that unit work and improve off of the strides they made in 2022? The answer is is no, right? They, they feel like they have enough leadership defensively between all that they return on the defensive line with, with Camp Butler and Aaron Famui and Paul Akiri and Ben Smiley and Jameer Carter, right? The list kind of goes on and on up front. And then it's safety with Clary and Cohen King, who slid over the corner, actually, uh, as, as well as Jonas Sanker and Lex Long. Uh, like, there are enough guys who have played a significant amount of snaps that they feel like, from a leadership standpoint, they'll be okay. Some of those guys adjusting to those roles. Cam Butler had said, like, he, he's getting used to being the one that everybody looks to uh, on defense a little bit. Cohen King taking some of the younger players under his wing after practice is what he said he noticed. So I think from a leadership standpoint, they'll be okay. I think probably, Jackie, the, the bigger concern is, is the production on the field with Johnson and, and Jackson in terms of the personnel because Anthony Johnson was an all-ACC first-team corner. He's going to be drafted next month. Uh, had a good week at the Senior Bowl, capped by a uh, touchdown in the game, uh, was, in the, was, at, was at the NFL Combine, had a good pro day, uh, has a meeting already set up with, with the Miami Dolphins for a local uh, visit. Uh, and then it, with Nick Jackson, you're losing a linebacker that had three straight 100 tackle seasons. Uh, so, so that's a lot of, that's a lot of production uh, to replace. They're probably, I don't know how you feel, better suited at linebacker than they are at corner. I think probably at corner, Tavon Kyle will be one of the starters. Who knows if Cohen King will stay there or if he'll, or if he'll slide back to safety. But they either way, they probably need another corner or two out of the portal, I would think. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, actually, Cox mentioned that they're going to try to get another transfer portal or cornerback if possible in the spring. Obviously, the transporter reopens in a couple yep. of weeks here after the spring games uh, occur. And on Tuesday, Cohen King was back with the safeties and William Simpkins was running with the ones at corner. And obviously, Elijah Gaines, he's not practicing. He's limited in the spring. So you also have other options there. But again, they don't have that much experience depth at corner. So that's obviously an area where they know, obviously, they 
attacked the portal pretty fiercely to try to gain experience at corner, and they were able to get Tavon Kyle. So that's certainly one area where they need to possibly get another one, like Coach Cox said during his interview. But also at linebacker, they mentioned maybe moving Lex Long a little closer to the box if they realize that they need more depth at that position. But right now it seems like, Obviously, James Jackson has been getting reps. The one Stevie Bracey, another Atlanta native who almost plays exactly like Nick Jackson. When you look at him, it's kind of like a Nick Jackson copy with a little more attitude. Stevie Bracey is a pretty fun guy. Um, he actually reminds me of Anthony Johnson's personality. So maybe it's kind of <laughs> fitting there. Um, and then another guy that is getting some traction is Trey McDonald, who is a second year in this team. So that could be possibly someone that gains more with Hunter Stewart moving to defensive end. Um, that's obviously something that we're going to keep an eye on, have the linebacker room. And if Lex Long, who they have a lot of depth at safety, maybe he can move inside. He does have that body and physicality that it requires for backers. So, so Greg, as we look forward to April 15th, the spring game, we finally have more numbers at O-line where we don't have to have them both on both teams this year. What are you looking forward to the most? I think you just want to see how the offense functions, right? Beyond the offensive line issues Virginia had a, a season ago, is is the offense overall had issues, right? I mean, they had quarterback problems. Uh, Brandon Armstrong's interceptions were way up from from what it was uh, the year before. Uh, running game, you know, really failed to get going as Virginia wanted it to get going. So you want to see how the offense functions as a whole and what adjustments from last season has has the coaching staff made offensively? Are they are they limiting uh, the playbook a little bit to to make sure that the basics are understood. You, you've heard Tony Elliott say it a couple of times that that he was he was maybe a little overzealous last year and everything he wanted to implement from his culture to to some of the things they were doing offensively. Uh, you've heard a couple of players say there there's been more buy-in uh, and more understanding and and willingness to learn and listen to Tony Elliott this year than there was last year. Does it translate to to a better looking product offensively? Uh, you wonder that, and uh, kind of along those lines, right? Offensively, we we talked about the running backs, the quarterbacks, uh, the the offensive line. They have a whole new quartet of receivers, right? Uh, between J.R. Wilson, Malachi Fields, uh, Malik Washington from from Northwestern, uh, and Demeek Starling, it's a new look wide receiver group. I know some of those guys played late in the season last year when, when Keaton Thompson and Dontavian Wicks were banged up, uh, but. They're, they're still not they're still going to be in a magnified role it seems like for the first time in their career so I think you just want to see how the offense functions overall and and if they can be a better unit than it was in 2022. No that's for sure and yeah there's a lot of guys saying there's more buying even Tony Elliott mentioned that there's a little bit more buy-in and they're 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 not throwing so much at them and they're what I've seen from practice is it seems like they're enjoying playing football again. That's been something that players have said that they're just having fun again. Um, and I think that's something that stands out to me as well when you're watching them play out there and they're more comfortable. This is their second spring with this coaching staff. So they all understand each other a little bit more. Um, so they, they're nowhere to need to go. That's something that in your first spring, even first fall camp, you're still trying to figure out each other out. And it seems like there's a little bit more camaraderie and more understanding between both sides as they go to this spring game. So my last question before I let you go, Greg, which player are you looking forward to seeing the most live on that, in that spring game? Ooh, that's that's a good that's a good question. I like that question. I, I think I think it's probably got to be the quarterback, right? I, I think you want to see Tony Musket. I see Wolf Folk on on the baseball side a good bit. 
Uh, I don't I don't know if he'll participate in a spring game, right? Baseball plays at home that weekend against Pittsburgh. So so who knows what, what Wolfolk's baseball football split will be that weekend. Uh, but uh, I think you want to you, you want to see how the quarterback uh, does when the when the bullets start flying. And, uh, you know, there, there's there's competition. There's that competition aspect beyond uh, the practice field with nobody watching. Right. You, you want to see that. Uh, so I think that's exciting on the offensive side. And then on the defensive side, I look at that D line. And if, if you're a Virginia fan and you're not excited about that D line, uh, that that's that's something to get excited about because a lot of programs in college football would would really love to have that experience, that depth on the defensive line. That's a luxury Virginia has that that not a lot of other programs uh, can boast. Yeah, when you when you see like Chico Bennett not playing in the spring game because obviously not been limited this spring, right. and they still are able to go two deep, very talented teams in the spring. It's nice to be Virginia when it comes to that defensive line. And I agree with you. Everyone's going to be wanting to see Tony Musket live and Jay Wolfick live under center. Um, I mean, if there's no NIL deals with T-shirts saying fire the musket by the time the end of spring game, I'll be very disappointed in this UVA fan base, to be honest. I was going to say, um, but well, I'm going to be well, when's that quarterback job going to be set up for, for some great NIL deals, whether it's musket or, or Wolfolk, given the, given the two sports stuff. Oh yeah, no. I, I still remember that ESPN magazine cover that they put up on Twitter on the Twitter account. That was very smart by uh, uh, Bo, uh, Bo Jackson. Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> no, that was that was very very smart. But I'm actually gonna uh, I'm gonna agree with you that I, I do like the quarterback battle. That I want to see how that goes live. But I also want to see the center position. Ty Furnish and Dawson Alters are the two that have been rotating between first and second re second reps, uh, just as Johnson's actually moved to guard from what we can tell and during practice. Obviously, this is just all spring and they're going to have Noah Josie back and all that stuff. So I'm curious, that center position, that's always been something that we've been keeping an eye on last season. And on defense, I want to see what the lineup at safety will look like. But I'm really curious to see Cam, um, the corner to positions, but I'm actually really curious to see how Cam Kelly and Antonio Clary work together. Um, I think Antonio Clary last year was was – with his injuries, we didn't see the full potential that he could. But I think Antonio Clary's speed and physicality, and he looks a little trimmer too, I think he's going to be one to watch out for in that safety. I think he's going to raise his stock tremendously for the NFL this season. So those are the players that I'm keeping an eye on. So, But, Greg, I really appreciate you joining the show today. Yeah, ha happy to do it, Jackie. No problem. And thanks again for Greg for joining us on the show. It's always great to hear his thoughts on UVA football and obviously UVA athletics and obviously you can follow what Greg writes also on the daily progress. So before we let y'all go, um, obviously we mentioned a little bit of Virginia's latest commit and Dayton transfer, Brian Stevens. And as I mentioned, he was a pretty big get for UVA. Um, I know a lot of people are going to be stuck on his power five offers, but Stevens if you look at what he's been able to accomplish at the FCS level, a pro football focus ranks him one of the best offensive guards and honestly one of the best offensive linemen, period, in the FCS. So that's a good pickup for Virginia. They need experience, and he obviously has that, and they need bodies at the O-line. So this is a good get for Virginia. Now they're going to be trying to get two more because you remember Tony Elliott says they would like to have about 15. With Brian Stevens on board, they would have 13 scholarship offensive linemen on that roster. So there was likely they would want try to get at least two more. Virginia is in communication. I had a source say they're having communication with at least two more in the portal at the current time. Um, 
And they're likely going to be evaluating other guys. As I said, the portal opens in just a few weeks. So expect more crazy pandemonium mayhem from the transfer portal. And they will likely get at least one cornerback as well to help with that experience depth that they need at that position. So again, they're going to be evaluating guys if they enter in the portal. Now, I have not heard this, but looking at who they have at wide receiver, it wouldn't shock me if they tried to get one more wide receiver. But I think their priority is going to be obviously O-line and corner. And it happens to have an additional wide receiver that they seem to have liked in the transfer portal. Um, that would be someone that they might go look after. And they haven't, according to sources, um, they wanted a wide receiver back in December. They wanted to add at least one more wide receiver after Malik Washington. But they're being very selective on who they get. It's not like they're going to go all out on a wide receiver. They know their priorities is O-line and cornerback. But if there's someone that they like, it's kind of like how with the situation with Kobe Pace, they weren't looking for a running back in the transfer portal, but Kobe Pace entered the portal and Tony Elliott had that connection and a relationship with him at Clemson. And that's how that relationship kind of came about. Next Tuesday, we'll have a special guest on the show. Brian Stevens, the offensive line commitment, has agreed to be on the show to talk about his decision behind committing to Virginia, but also just for us to get to know Brian Stevens. You know how I work here. I like to get to know the student athletes behind all those stats and numbers. So he'll be joining the show next Tuesday. So for right now, again, if you like what you're hearing, like the direction of the show and you want to see this continue, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast and go ahead and like this video, like this channel and subscribe so that you can get notifications wherever we post a new episode. And honestly, we also will have sights and sounds back here on Monday as well, because we will have another opportunity to see Virginia football's spring practice. So for me and Greg, I hope you guys have a good rest to your week and we'll be right back here on Tuesday. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.